Welcome to Chucked. I am here with a special guest today. You know her as Sister Chucked. In the real world, she's known as Jordan Beale. Uh, we'll get right to it. Jordan, um, two quick questions. Your thoughts on the Eastern Conference Finals with the Cavs and your thoughts on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Oh, Go. <laughs> I'm, uh, kidding. I'm okay, kidding. Okay, I was uh, going to say. I know. Uh, not much I, about either one of those. Well, you and know, I'm you, only embarrassed about not knowing much about one of those topics. <laughs> the other, I don't uh, care what you think of me. Well, we always start with the you know Cavs talk, and it's okay, um, it's okay. a frivolous today. They're down 0-2. And um, we won't go into that right now. I don't really feel like it anyway. But, um, you know, one funny thing, you know, um, speaking of Israel and um, Palestine, I was, so about an hour ago, I'm sitting here in my office and I'm reading about about that conflict and about um, just the latest things that have been happening and catching up on all that. And, um, and so I'm sitting here and... Um, and I, and I hear through the walls, which my office is, there's a hallway separating my office in between SB Kids' room. Mm-hmm. Women's Bible study is going on right now, so on Thursday mornings, there's usually a lot of, uh, uh, just a lot of ruckus and <laughs> cacophony of, of things happening <laughs> right next to my, my, my wall. So, and so I'm reading about the Israel-Palestine conflict, and I hear them singing the song, Father Abraham and His Sons. <laughs> I thought this is amazing. So I, I it was a very Twitterable moment, um, but <laughs> uh, I thought that was yeah, that was really funny. That is so, great. So uh, this uh, past weekend, for those of you who um, who were not here um, at here at Southbrook attending the service, Jordan uh, spoke for Mother's Day. Um, Wild and sweaty dancing was the title of the the weekend and it was a very elemental weekend with a lot of different um the uh, it went, went up and down as far as um just the what came from the stage and what you guys put together predominantly you um but uh, so give people a little bit of a you know a summary on for those that maybe didn't hear this weekend um you know, not just, not just the the structure of the service, but just you know what the what the weekend was about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the the weekend was really about worthiness and um, the things that we use to prove our worthiness in life. And um, I talked about my story and David's story, and how there are so many aspects of David's story that when I read through not only the factual aspects of his life found in uh, first and second Samuel, but the emotional ebb and flow of his life found in his poetry, which is in the Psalms and kind of reading that together, Mm -hmm. um, that it revealed so many pivotal moments in my life and it helped articulate a lot of my dysfunction for me. Mm -hmm. So I've always known that to kind of be true. Um, Mm -hmm. But then when I really started diving into it, um, which has really been a journey that I've gone on for about the last six or seven months, I realized, holy cow, I totally, you know, get this guy. Um, And so, you know, so kind of using his story and my own story to help other people articulate some of these things in their own lives um, was the journey that we went on through the message. 
Um, and a lot of people could relate, even if they, um, you know, weren't a woman struggling with an eating disorder, which is, you know, which is ultimately, you know, was my, you know, my main point of dysfunction or, or, you know, a man proving his worth on battle, you know, in battle, Mm -hmm. which was sort of David's thing. Um, they could definitely identify with the same feelings that went along with it and the same, you know, sort of warped desires and the brokenness that was, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of the core of it. So, um, so then, you know, sort of, I talked about, you know, what I learned from David was the reason God used him despite, despite a lot of his dysfunction was because he always found his way back to his anointing, um, back to, who he truly was back to his heart, um, you know, before sort of his choices became warped out of his dysfunction, but he could kind of find his way back to that pure reason that God would use him. And, um, and is, and so the way he did that was he sort of found this rhythm of worthiness, I think in his life. And through the Psalms, we can certainly see that whether he was grateful or joyful or just, um, really lamenting and really struggling. He kept himself alive to God. Like he always planted his face in the dirt and admitted freely to God what he was struggling with. And so I think um, for us, you know, for me, what I learned from that was, you know, there's this part of, and and this is kind of what I tell myself that I've learned through an author named Janine Roth is sit my butt in the chair, feel my feet on the floor and acknowledge what is really going on before I reach for any sort of dysfunctional behavior or make a choice mm-hmm. what is really going on. Um, and then, you know, relating that to the gospel is that Jesus fell face first in the dirt in the garden and modeled for us first admit your pain, you know, and say, I'm struggling here. And so that would be the beginning of the rhythm. And David certainly found um, that part of it. I think that's the core part of it. That's the part we don't want to face. Mm -hmm. We want to hide what's really going on because it admits weakness and embarrassment and all, you know, it's it's a very sensitive place. And it's usually, it comes from a very wounded place, you know. Um, It it always goes back to childhood wounding. And... um, so, but that's, you know, that's really where it needs to start. So I talked about this rhythm of worthiness and finding this rhythm of worthiness, which starts with admitting your pain and what's really going on at the core. Um, and then, um, you know, how that goes along and, and you know, I had written this, po- this poem that was um, so beautifully performed by mm-hmm. Faraha Jones and, Um, this dance that went along with it is, you know, the way Jesus finishes out the rhythm of worthiness, the way he's shown us the steps is you, you know, you admit your pain, you fall face first in the garden. Um, and you say, my God, my God, this is what I'm struggling with. Like, I mean, this hurts and this is what's hurting. Admit that, you know, and, 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 um, and he'll meet you there every time because he he cares. He obviously does because he he modeled exactly how to admit pain in the garden. And so um, he'll meet you there if you go there every single time. You'll be wrapped in the Holy Spirit. I just guarantee it. And then um, and then after that, you know, the question becomes: Am I worthy? You know, I mean, I've done all of this. All of this has been done to me. 
am I worthy? And he nailed that down with his sacrifice. So um, accept that and believe it. Um, you are you are so much more than what you look like, what you can achieve, and what you do on this green earth. You are a soul, and you uh, matter to Jesus because of that. You know that inner nectar that's inside of you. And he has nailed that down. He's nailed the worth of that down with his sacrifice. And then, because of the resurrection, we have the hope that we are con- we can constantly be made new and we can constantly have a new day and you can wake up and watch redemption happen all day long, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually we will have a new body, you know, um, when the presence of God comes down. And so there's that hope as well. Um, so that's the rhythm that I always go back to. And it, and, and that has what truly, that has truly freed me. I mean, it's the gospel. <laughs> the gospel has freed me. This is nothing new, but this is what, this was sort of my way of finding my, my footing and my way in it. And, and I think it was sort of similar to, to the way that David did as well. And, um, and the, the great part about it is for us, we have such an advantage that David didn't have. David didn't have Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a really interesting way to look at scripture sometimes, which is, um, of course, I always think through dance imagery because I'm a dancer. But sometimes when you choreograph, you think about not the shape that your actual arm can make. But if you make a certain shape with your arm, what negative space that can work with. And what space your what shapes you're making with the negative space? So the positive space would be your actual arm. The negative space would be what's underneath of it, or mm-hmm. what's on top. And so sometimes a creative way to choreograph is to say, you know, how can I make a shape that's going to do something with the negative space as opposed to the positive space? And it just gets you thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. And I like to look at the Old Testament that way. Sometimes is what can we learn from this person? how different would their life have been if they had had Jesus? I mean, monumentally different, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I mean, it would have changed everything. It would have changed everything for Jacob. It would have changed everything for Moses. It would have changed everything, you know? Now, they're all a crucial part of history leading up to the Messiah. But if you kind of look at it from a backwards perspective and you just look at them as a human being with dysfunction and how Jesus could have redeemed all that, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, that makes that makes the New Testament or the Old Testament way more interesting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because we're all an Old Testament character, I mean that's another interesting way to look at Scripture. There are there are engineers and seamstresses and um, accountants and builders and I mean you could find somebody find somebody you relate to, you know. I mean it's mm-hmm. super easy to do. And then look at their life. It's possible that you will be able to sniff out some dysfunction in yourself by reading their story and seeing mm-hmm. the ways that they relate to God and make mistakes, you know. So mm-hmm. I've talked for a long time. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, well, <laughs> didn't really need any structured questions. She just went. Uh, that's why you're here. Um, for hopefully, I would... Uh, encourage I, I imagine we chucked has a lot of male listeners and not very many female listeners okay i Hello, hope men hi guys um <laughs> i hope that uh the male listeners will encourage their better halves to <clears throat> listen to this one in light of mother's day and, and you being on it um 
so in hopes that women will listen to at least this one. And um, what would you, going back to this this rhythm you're talking about, how how does it look like um, for you this the rhythm of, um, you know this a, a dip in self um, love for lack of a better mm-hmm. term to acknowledging where you are, admitting where you are, and then accepting where God wants you to come out of that. And then how what does that cycle look like within? Um, the, the day as if you feel failure as a wife or as a parent um, or over seasons, what, you know, how long does that cycle last? Is it, is it seasonal? Is it daily or is it, um, and, and what does that, just that cycle look like if you can, uh, for the women, you know, listening where they can kind of, I think, I think with that, what I'm asking is, can you give them language? Can you give them uh, it's something to, that they can start recognizing that. Well, certainly seasons of stress are when I struggle with it the most mm-hmm. because I'm not only dealing with the actual stress, mm-hmm. I'm dealing with my shame over being stressed. So let's look at like, so so you did unexpected. Yeah. So part of your job right. here is exactly uh, your, what, what is your... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I was right there with season. you. <laughs> Whoa. Um, the, so your job here is creative production, um, yeah. planning the weekends and working with Levi and Todd and, and Will and, um, and, and just the structure of services, especially, especially mm-hmm. the big events. And you wrote and produced and casted and, um, and, and just mothered unexpected mm-hmm. our Christmas production. And so, um, so lo- look at that season, use that season as exa- an example from like, you know, um, October when it got real, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and through, you know, um, feedback and debriefings in January, you know, when it all came through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so that season in particular, I, I had come out of a season of a ton of growth because I had been a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. for about I had I had I was still in children's theater, mm-hmm. but it was on a much smaller level compared to unexpected, you know, mm-hmm. um, compared to the way of that. So, so I was a stay-at-home mom for about a year and a half to two years, and that season for me was an incredible time of growth of of realizing what I really enjoyed doing. I wrote, I read, I played with my son in the backyard. I discovered so many things about myself. It was not a time of stress necessarily. I mean, there were certainly, you know, ways in which I, I dealt with comparing my motherhood style to other moms and, you know, sort of that, am I, am I good enough? And is he getting enough food? And that's a whole thing about new motherhood. That's, you know, that's tough. Um, but it wasn't the, um, you know, it wasn't as, as it didn't have the, the stress effect on my schedule and stuff like, you know, like unexpected did or mm-hmm. some sort of big project like that, that you're working on. And, you know, that a lot of people are going to, um, you know, are going to be entertained by, or, you know, it's, it's sort of this big product that like a lot of people are going to use or witness. Right. So it, it was like, it had pressure to it. Um, but, Anyway, so, so yeah, that season um, was like all of a sudden, boom, there was like a schedule and there was stress in my life again. And whenever I feel stress, it's, you know, it's, 
monumentally becomes so much more because there's the actual stress and then there's the stress of I should not be stressed. I should be able to handle this with strength and stress ease. An and I should, right. It was the stress of inadequacy of, I should be one of those women who's laid back and it'll all work out. And I should be one of those women who at the same time is so organized that everyone around her sort of wants her to fix their life. Yeah. Like, the militant you know, mother. yeah, like the militant hippie mother. And it's like, at the same time, I should be really, you know, um, just really being present with my son and enjoying every bit of this. And he should not be watching TV. He should be going over his letters, his numbers. We should be reading books. He should be painting. He should be outside digging in the dirt, you know? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I should be the best wife. We should be having sex every single day and I should still have a delicious meal on the table. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so it's like, okay, well that, you know, and it's like all that stuff is heightened and all the shoulds and all the areas are heightened because I should still should be, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it sort of layers on top of itself. And I think because when you're stressed and you're a little, you know, lack of sleep and maybe lack of good meals or whatever, your, your potential for irrationality is heightened. So then in every area of your life, you're not always making a rational choice and you're not always treating yourself with grace because you're you're sort of trying to boost yourself with something and mm -hmm. it's, I tend to boost myself with shoulds mm -hmm. and it can be a fantastic boost but there will be a break mm -hmm. there will be a breaking point you know so should and stress come in in October or November or whatnot mm -hmm. and then and then what what kind of happens next is it like mm -hmm. you get you go get two number ones from Chick-fil-A and then you hit yourself. <laughs> or like, I don't, I, like, I don't understand yeah. it so as much Car as... Car eating, everyone. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so no, so, so that would definitely, that tended to be my old form of handling that um, binge eating and then throwing it up or sort of the, you know, I'm, I'm sort of carried through all this by the fact that I am superior because I haven't had a meal in four days. Who mm -hmm. else can say that? Mm -hmm. Right. And so it sort of helps me like, like waft through things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, you know, thankfully this time, and I did, I did hit a little bit of a breaking point uh, in one week in November and, um, you know, where it just felt like everything was sort of unraveling and it was around Thanksgiving. So then there just seemed to be the added pressure of like family and obligations and I should be making this extra food. What? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. let every other woman in your family do that for a season. Mm -hmm. But I, and so it sort of came to a head at that point. And, you know, really I, I realized what I wanted to do was, you know, and what I, what I what I wanted, what I should be gracing myself with. And I hate to use the word should again, but mm -hmm. what I could grace myself with were two totally different things. And I knew I had a choice to make. And there was one particular morning where I knew I had a choice. And, um, and so I thankfully, because of what I've learned, chose the grace-based option and the self-love option and I went back to self-care and I, and I called somebody and admitted what I was feeling and I admitted mm -hmm. it to God too, but I never underestimate the power of choosing a safe person and saying it out loud to them, mm -hmm. you know? And so I did. And I told them, you know, these are the thoughts I've been having and this is, this is what I'm struggling with. I, you know, I feel like going back to all these behaviors, mm -hmm. um, I know I'm struggling with pride. 
I know I'm mm-hmm. struggling with, um, you know, lack of humility. I know I'm struggling with shame, like all those things that you don't want to admit, you know, mm-hmm. especially the pride thing. You don't want to admit you're, you're prideful, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think that's, that was part of it. And so, um, thankfully, you know, that person pointed me in, in the direction of a couple, podcasts and stuff and and just gave me some encouragement for the day also said a me too type of gave me a me too story which I think is so helpful for women just Mm -hmm. to feel like their their hand is being held with empathy and um and then I just sort of you know I immersed myself in um in the self-love soul body soul worth conversations I knew I had to Um, I, you know, I really started and, and this has been something that's continued on until this season of my life. I have not skipped a morning of talking to God and reading scripture. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those moments are extraordinary and sometimes they're so ordinary and boring. It would knock your socks off. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. does she have any spiritual depth, depth whatsoever? But it's just the way that the spirit enters my body and my thoughts. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have some moments of weakness and, and still not have that daily battle with food a little bit, but I can, I can overcome it and I can see the redemption in it and I'm not um, completely crippled, you know? So it's, that's been, you know, that was kind of what carried. And the biggest thing was I wanted to be able to enjoy Christmas with my family Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to enjoy unexpected once it came. I didn't want to be running around like a crazy person and be breaking down and crying and having panic attacks. I didn't want, I wanted to enjoy it. I loved the people. I loved the cast. I really, I casted people who I loved and enjoyed spending time with. I wanted to enjoy that with them. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to enjoy every single volunteer that was with us along the way. Um, you know, uh, Ron and Paula and the meal team. And I want to enjoy all those people, treat them with respect and, and patience. And, um, and that was only going to happen if I treated myself with respect and patience and grace, you know, mm-hmm. I knew that. So I, it was just that, that morning time with God was a lifeline. And, um, anyone with a, it comes a, back down anyone with it. a loss of love of any degree, especially self-love, you know, show me their their time with scripture and and quietness with God, and that reveals you know so much of it oh, of, of where that so comes much. from. So you have so you have these, you know, what we could call the four A's of of a better life or of of recovery. Um, to acknowledge where you are, admit where you are, accept what He wants, and then take action on what He wants. And so, what does the action part? You got into it there of of of, of a healthy season because. Um, I mean, things get thrown at us and, and to where we dip down, but mm-hmm. what does this, the action of, um, of a healthy season look like for you? Um, the, what, what disciplines are there, mm-hmm. um, of mind, body, and spirit? What, um, what are all those things look like? What are you, what are you reading too? What are you, mm-hmm. what are you studying? Mm-hmm. Um, well, when I feel myself slipping a little bit, um, along with, the daily and, and for me in the morning, I, I, I do my devotion time in the morning and that's not, that doesn't work for everybody, but I do it in the morning because that's when I have the most clarity First on fruits. what I'm feeling mm-hmm. and what I'm raw to, you know, 
Um, like often when I wake up and I put my feet on the ground, like put heels on the ground, my first thought is, oh, I'm so tired. Why am I tired? And I shame myself for the behaviors the night before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? And then when I go and I sit down at the kitchen table and I open the Bible, it's like, that is so revealed to me. And it's so revealed, you know, well, why did you engage in the behaviors you did, before, you know, the night before? And, and then grace for that. Okay. Well, you're a human being. You were tired. So mm-hmm. that happens. I mean, you know, um, but it's just, it's just so funny how clear I can be um, and, and how much more clarity and grace I can treat myself with in the morning because I'm just more rational in thought. Um, and so that's why I choose the morning to just start my day with rewiring. Nope. Don't shame yourself for being tired. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have a two-year-old, a job. You know, you, I mean, like, that's normal. I mean, that's, that's totally normal. And, um, and so, but, but, you know, ask yourself, what do I need to do today to refresh my spirit and my body? You know, Mm. uh, if that is how I'm feeling. So, um, so, uh, but along with the scripture and uh, prayer in the morning, um, especially when I feel myself slipping a little bit, but, but usually at least once or twice a week, I will just either pour over a Brene Brown book or a Janine Roth book, um, or I will listen to, um, one of their podcasts or talks, um, just because it's this, it's, it always kind of goes back to a conversation of worthiness and imperfection with Brene Brown belonging, like all of that stuff, shame, and with Janine Roth, it is that, and then how does that relate to your relationship with food mm-hmm. specifically? So, um, so those kinds of things, I think they not only help me feel like I have a friend in it, you know, mm-hmm. sort of in those women, but I also, um, it's just filling my head with that positive language because the negative self-talk can so overcome um, you know, those kinds of things. Lately, I've been, I've been reading, um, 12 rules for life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though Jordan Peterson's a man and he never talks about food or motherhood or a lot of the, you know, um, a lot of the things that can sort of weigh women down in the have tos or proof worthiness type of conversation, he really asks some questions and gets, gets mm-hmm. in there with identity you know, and where it comes from. And, and, um, and so I just enjoy immersing myself in that language, uh, because it's just, that's what it all comes down to. I and mean, we, we hate that we do this, or we hate that we do this behavior, or we hate that we made this choice and we hate that we're impatient. We snapped at our kid and we hate that we just ate all these goldfish or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like those didn't even taste good. Why did I just eat all those? Like, you know, why did I finish my kid's lunch instead of just eating a real meal? You know, just all these things. And he has some ways of saying, you know, that's not what it's really about. Let's go back to what it's really about, you know, this inner conversation. And, um, and so I, I really enjoy, um, his podcasts. I'm really enjoying this book of his that I'm reading. And so, um, so that those, you know, right now for me, it's those three people that I, I, I'm sort of immersing myself trying to read every single thing that they've, you know, that they've written and talked on and stuff like that. Um, Sounds you sounds to me like that's it's a very much of a you're within that you're dead to sin and you're alive in Christ and that you that that 
this could be considered, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's, within that it sounds like this is your spiritual act of worship, this transformation by the renewal of the mind, that you're giving yourself um, a different dialogue. Mm-hmm. The, yep. the, um, the, 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 the dialogue, the inner dialogue and the dialogue of reality. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, you know, as an example, a clinical psychologist probably knows more about your mind than you know about your mind. Mm-hmm. And so a, a, dia- a dialogue of reality. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. but there, there definitely seems to be a richness and a fullness within, um, in a spiritual act of worship when you come out of a cycle, mm-hmm. so to speak, and, mm-hmm. and you're back to rational reality, mm-hmm. um, not as some like pragmatist, but as like a, but as you were being, you were than you, mm-hmm. right? Is that, do you feel that? Do you feel? Yeah. Um, having come out of the unexpected season, you mean, and then Mm -hmm. coming into this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because I was forced to have lifelines, um, now I want to see what my life looks like if those lifelines are just a part of life. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and that's growth, I think. Okay, well, that's one step forward. Mm So so that's, you know, another thing I discovered about myself is that – when I have those lifelines, the things that I know I enjoy but can easily be turned into methods of proving worthiness, all of a sudden I just enjoy them. And that's mm-hmm. just so great. Like dance would be one of those things. Time in nature would be one of those things. Not I should be getting my son outside, but I get to go run outside with my son and experience God in nature. I mean, the, you know, and it's, it's more of a instead of I should, I get to. You know, and it's, it's just cultivating gratitude, joy, you know, all those things. You get all that, the, you get all the shoulds and proving worthiness out of your life. And all of a sudden the spirit of gratitude and joy is presented, you know, Mm -hmm. know, it, you know, develops. And so, um, and it, you know, it's still, but, but I think you have, you know, for me, I have to do, I have to go back to some of those things, some of those things that aren't, and, and a lot of the time in order to have time, for that time with God in the morning usually mm-hmm. means up waking up early and, and, an hour earlier than my son so that the house is quiet um, because it's discipline. it was just discipline you know mm-hmm. and, and I mean that goes back to Jordan Peterson discipline mm-hmm. discipline it, it creates freedom in your life it just does um, mm-hmm. and Jewish, I could be the Jewish I could little be, proverb of, of duty work is rewarded yes good. Mm-hmm. exactly and I can be more of my hippie self running free in the wildflowers if I have discipline <laughs> Mm-hmm. which is so like paradoxical, but it's the truth, you know? And, um, so, so going, you know, going back to some of those things, it also means, um, social media will suck me right down to proving worthiness mm-hmm. in a millisecond. I mean, in a millisecond at the same time, I can really enjoy social media. Mm-hmm. I've recon, I'm super social extroverted. Um, really? <laughs> right. If you spent one <laughs> millisecond with me, you know that I've connected to so many friends that mm. I, that it's like through social media. I, I enjoy it for that reason. It was social media thing in mothers. What I thought that, that Jesus, the competitor series was, was more of a series for mothers than it was, Absolutely. especially of this area mm-hmm. than, um, for anyone who's, um, you know, playing some sport. For that reason, mm-hmm. you get the 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 um the this weekend. Um, I think the two greatest things I got from it was an encouragement for you and your future um, by what I saw based on uh, your um, charisma and your mm-hmm. um, and your 
love and and what that what those components mean as as a leader and as a speaker that I, I felt like the the audience was here when you started and they moved to here and I'm motioning with to my right and then I'm motioning to my left and um, that 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 the room would have rallied behind you and if you'd have told them to do something by the end of the hour they probably would have done it and that doesn't come from you know that doesn't come from super intellectually stimulating content you know and uh, and other gimmicks you know and um our clarity of speech but it comes from uh, a charisma and a and a love for who the audience is and and that was demonstrated and I was encouraged by that the clarity I got was one of the things was um I feel like I'm good at a lot of things that don't matter. <laughs> I feel like that was stated. In, I listened to you like, this is all really, you know, complimentary, but I, I feel like these are all things that don't really matter that she's listening. And I'm seeing her being really good at the things that actually matter. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but um, what's some of the feedback you got? You mentioned to me before we started that you got a lot of great feedback. What are some, what's some great feedback well, you got? Well, let me first address <laughs> the first thing you said. Uh, if I had had, so when I first sat down to write this, mm. I had an hour's worth of content. Like I literally talked it through as fast as possible, as fast mm-hmm. as I could read and talk without any embellishment. And I had 60 minutes worth of content, <laughs> which went further into, let me talk about, you know, I, I didn't want to tell your story, but I wanted to say how mm-hmm. I was impacted by who you were mm-hmm. in your recovery and how that did, that certainly helped me in my recovery. It helped inspire it helped just lead the way in health uh, you know and that and you have been a fantastic example to me in that and and you know i mean i just like hear me say chucked men and two women. chuckles we call them <laughs> the chuckles hear me say <laughs> chuckles and you two chuckettes who uh-huh. listen to this um that the, you know, whatever Austin's reading, I want to know what Austin's reading because then I want to read it, right? He he leads the way, and so you were you were so the older sibling in so many ways. <laughs> like your example is is profound in my life and healing and wonderful, and our our friendship means the world to me. So you as a person, not as the childhood athlete, mm-hmm. you know, certainly that overpowers anything in our story in our mm-hmm. life, and yeah. you know, the you you are just incredible um and so i you know hopefully like that means something to you and you can just i just okay um uh feedback like what kind of what what kind of feedback feedback so so um uh, yeah so so i i've had i've had uh, a lot of positive feedback mainly women wanting to know help me know more um you know, from morning till night, what does your battle really look like and how do you overcome it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been really, um, you know, that's been really interesting because there's, there's part of me in my own self-talk, of course, that says, well, I don't really have the qualification to help you any more than what, you know, um, and I just want to point in the direction of counseling and books. But then at the same time, I know that, 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 counseling and those kinds of things can be intimidating and I certainly can't diagnose anything for anybody and I certainly can't say this exact method that I found is going to work for you because it won't but I can say me too and maybe here's one or two things that 
that could help you, you mm -hmm. know, um, if you, you know, if we are relatable in that sense. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I've tried to respond the best that I can in that way. Um, just pretty simple. Cause I, you know, I don't have the education, mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to really help, um, a woman if she's struggling with some of these serious disorders and as I said in AA before you give your lead you know someone old alcoholic will probably come up and tell you the only credibility you credibility you need to give a good lead is the credibility that comes between you and God mm -hmm. and that you're entitled to that truth mm -hmm. and uh, and certainly yes you're you, you can you have the credibility as any of us do but certainly you to share your experience strength and hope what it was like what happened and what it's like today mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, kind of last question, will we be seeing you up on stage <laughs> speaking more soon? Um, I, no, I have no idea. I, I mean, uh, I Are you going to be taking no over idea. for Charlie? <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I have, I have no idea. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Literally no comment. I mean, honestly, the only thing I can, it's like, as we're entering into June, all I see is six months till unexpected. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. that's not much time. Yeah, it seems yeah. like a lot of time. It is not much time. Mm -hmm. So the my next big project will be uh, working with Joe Boyd on that good old script. Yeah, Gabriel, yeah. Gabe. Yeah. That's that's that'll be my next project. <laughs> good old Gabe. Good old Gabe. So. Yeah. Well, I, like the the guys out there listening, tell your wives about this. Tell your girlfriends. Tell your your daughters. To listen, this is a lot of great nuggets. Uh, my takeaway is that there is no shame and condemnation to those who are in Christ. And um, just this morning, coincidentally or not, I was reading um, later on in chapter 8 of Romans in 18, where um, we are to consider the future glory and these present sufferings. And he goes on to talk about the decay of what was to be this great creation, and the rot and the, the labor of childbirth, even, um, pointedly to the the subject we're talking to and um but to consider the future glory and the recreation that we'll have um by the trans transformation through the renewal of the mind so thanks for coming and joining and sitting in dad's yeah. chair did it feel all right for you <laughs> yeah i hope that uh that my that, that um that my facial expressions were were a little bit more expressive to you mm. than his me when he's deep in thought. Just before we started the podcast, Jordan and I were, and I've heard him uh, call himself on this totally, before. Totally, yeah, um, yeah. Where he goes, man, my, you know, my, just my resting face is just kind of, it's kind of a frown, you know, and, um, and we were kind of joking before we hit the record button about um, how I was telling her um it's it's sometimes hard doing podcast because when when he has his frown a little uh -huh. some certain points because I'm just thinking I'm talking in my head I'm talking out loud audibly and in my head there's this inner dialogue going on what am I saying that he so you know ex expressively disapproves yeah. of <laughs> what I'm saying so um, uh, I'm sure he'll listen to this and get a kick out of that oh, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah we were having um, some good. Sibling He's jokes just about in the that. deep depths. That's all it means. He's I think he looks depths. like Francis. <laughs> yes, that me. would be our His grandmother <laughs> for any of you who um, did not know Francis. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so well, yeah. Thanks depth. for coming on. And um, um, thank you so game much. three is Saturday night. What's your prediction? <laughs> oh my gosh, I you know I predict that. 
LeBron is he no beard or beard at this point? He's got he's got like a controlled um, landscaped beard. Okay, right okay. Uh, he did have like some good Abe Lincoln sideburns going on, like some. <laughs> I have a theory that LeBron would would exceed even our um, expectations right now for what we have for him if he shaved his head bald and just wore a mustache. I think he would look like the meanest man on the planet. <laughs> And uh, that's uh, this is just my hope for the rest of LeBron's career is that he would shave his head bald and just wear a mustache. That sounds like um, a solid look. Yeah, yeah. yeah so anyway, uh, I this mean, is uh, going downhill fast. Yeah. We'll end. <laughs> okay. um, thanks for thanks for coming, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay.